Hey, will you guys stand with me this morning as we uh, pray? We're going to pray before we get into the book of Luke. If you don't have a Bible, now that you're standing, it's a good time to grab one around the edges of the room. You're definitely going to need a Bible this morning. As we go through the book of Luke, we continue on our series through the book of Luke. So, hey, let's pray this morning. Will you bow your heads and pray with me before we get into the word? Lord, we just proclaim right now that we need you, Father. We need your son, Jesus Christ. Every hour we need you, Lord. Uh, And I just confess that I don't uh, give you the time that you deserve, Lord, in my life. And I'm sorry, Lord. And I thank you that all I have to do is confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead and I'm saved. And I thank you for that, Lord. It's not by my own merit that I'm saved, but it's by the saving blood of Jesus Christ. And we just... Uh, give all the glory to you this morning. In your name, amen. Amen. Hey, grab a seat. Again, make sure you grab a Bible. If you're at home, grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, come to church and we'll give you a Bible. (laughs) Gladly. Uh, Luke chapter 10, we got a lot to go through and we are going to get through all of Luke 10 this morning. So we are going to talk fast. So if you remember, we're continuing on through the book of Luke. At this point now, the bulk of Jesus' ministry that we've learned about going through Luke has been in the Galilean region. Uh, But now, for the next nine chapters, uh, it's kind of Luke recounts the final six months of Jesus' time before his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And so from now on, no more does Jesus tell people that he talks to uh, not to talk about him. Remember, he'd do healings and he'd say, don't tell anyone, keep this to yourself. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. Now it's like, Hey, there, there seems to be an increased urgency from this point on out in Jesus' ministry to spread awareness that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God has come. And so we saw that in the beginning of chapter 9, two weeks ago. Uh, we saw that in Jesus sending out the 12 disciples. He told the 12 apostles to, to tw- travel throughout the villages, preaching the gospel and healing. And now that we've come to chapter 10, uh, Jesus sends out the 72 Some of your Bibles might say 70. Mine says 72. Uh, Usually there's a footnote at the bottom that says some manuscripts say 70. I'm just going to go with what it says in my Bible. is 72. That Jesus sends out the 72 in a very similar way that he sent out the 12 apostles. Similar instructions. And so it's interesting to think about as you come here that there's 72 others that Jesus appointed to go ahead of him. Because it's easy to forget as we read and we go through just what an absolute insane sensation Jesus was at this time. Like it wasn't just, I like to think of like, oh, it's just Jesus and his band of merry men traveling the countryside, sharing the good news. But it wasn't just that. Like it was, there's people following him. It was an absolute sensation. There's a large group. And, and yes, Jesus invested heavily in the twelve. Uh, but there's constantly people around, and and obviously there was at least 72 individuals here that Jesus felt comfortable with to send ahead of him as he makes his way to Jerusalem. He sends the 72 ahead of him to go do some work for him. Uh, He he appoints them with special authority, and they are going to go ahead of him into every town, and they're going to preach the coming kingdom of God. So for you guys note-takers out here, if you like to take notes... Um, and if you are an alliteration admirer, the title of this message is the three W's. 
the three W's of Luke chapter 10. So we're going to take a look at this as we go through Luke 10 this morning. Work for the Lord, warning from the Lord, and wait on the Lord. So let's dive into Luke chapter 10. Look down at your Bibles by looking at the work for Jesus. Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 1 to 9 says this, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now just stop right there. We're not going to go quite to nine. So Jesus preps the 72 first by telling them about the job. He says, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So notice what he says. He says, pray earnestly to send out, what, supervisors, managers, cheerleaders. No, he says, send out laborers. To the 72 he's sending He says, you're being sent to be a laborer. Now pray that you will have others join you. See, prayer is not a sport for the spectators here. Prayer is a sport for laborers. Lord, I pray someone else will go. How often do we pray that at church meetings? Lord, I I pray someone else will reap the harvest. Lord, I pray you'll help those people over there. I pray you'll help that church up there because they suck. Maybe we don't pray that, but... Friends, effective prayer is powerful when you're willing to be a laborer. And here's the thing. God will often use you to answer your own prayers. Why do we need laborers? Well, there's a lot of work to be done. The harvest is plentiful. The field is ripe. The grain is ready to be brought in. The hearts of men and women are ready to receive the kingdom of God, but there's no one to do it. So what are we to do? We need more workers in the field bringing in the harvest. So what are we to do? We're to pray to the Lord of the harvest. It's his harvest. He'll send out workers. But friends, be careful. Well, actually, hold on. Don't be careful. Just be prepared. Remember what I said. Prayer is not for spectators. Effective prayer is for people willing to do the work of the Lord. And if you're praying for laborers, like we're told to here, Like these guys are told to here, you better be ready to roll up the sleeves and get to work. Look at what else Jesus tells these 72. Uh, Verse 3. We'll go to verse 9 here. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. So here's some things you need to know as a worker of the harvest. The first thing is the work is dangerous. You're going out like sheep among wolves, he said. What do wolves do to sheep? They eat them. (laughs) They kill them. (laughs) They eat them. I actually looked up uh, how do sheep defend themselves on Google, and the answer was like, they don't. They just die. They run away. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> so he says, you're going out as sheep among wolves. The work is dangerous. Elsewhere in the Bible, Jesus told his disciples to be wise as serpents. Being a laborer in the kingdom of God isn't without its fear. And you might be asked to go somewhere you don't want to go. You might be asked to do something you don't want to do. You might even be asked to for goodness sakes, talk to your neighbor even. That's pretty scary sometimes. But you're being sent as sheep, not among other sheep, but as among wolves, so be wise. The other thing that Jesus said here is the work requires discipline and it requires faith. And so as you go to work, stay focused on the goal at hand. There's an urgency to the message you're bringing, and this still holds true to today. You don't have time to be burdened with long greetings, excessive amounts of possessions, yet you must also have faith to trust that the Lord will provide what you need as you go. The third thing I see in here that the Lord says about the work is that it requires a gentleness. Does anybody know that rest of the quote that I said earlier, that, that uh, you're, just, you're to be as wise as serpents and gen- harmless as doves? Yes. When you greet people, greet them with peace. Eat what is set before you. Tell them the kingdom of God has come near. Always start your conversations with a message of peace. Does anyone here know someone that when you see them coming, you go, oh, this guy, he's just always looking for a fight. We all know those people, don't we? And if you don't, that's you. You're that person if you don't know someone. Just to let you know, you're that. If you don't know someone, he's like, oh, this guy, he's always looking for a fight. You are that person, so... I'll just leave that. These 72 men here, they were told to share the simple words of the redemption work of Christ. There's a new kingdom that's come near. You don't have to go searching for it. It's right here, a message of peace brought to the people that you meet. Jesus is here. He's redeemed you. He's saved you. He wants to have a relationship with you. All you have to do is confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. So that's the works for Jesus. Simple. First W, done. Works for Jesus. Now let's look at a warning from Jesus. Look down at your Bibles, verse 10 to 16. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. So Jesus tells the 72 here, hey, be clear. Tell people the truth. And if they reject you, you still be clear. Don't speak with flattering words. You know, it's so easy, and especially me, because I just hate, just making people feel uncomfortable. So it's easy to say, oh, it's okay. Maybe later you'll come to Jesus or not. Or, okay, see ya. You know, like, but here he says, no, be clear with them. If you reject this message of peace that we are bringing, we're going to wipe even the dust that clings to our sandals off of our feet as we leave you. And you will not participate in this new kingdom that has come. Don't think that by rejecting our message, you're going to make this train slow down. The kingdom isn't coming any slower. The train has left the station, and it's coming, and it will not be stopped. 
Verse 11, nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Look at verse 13, a woe. Jesus gives a woe to unrepentant cities. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me. The one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. I think I have a map that can come up here just quickly because I like maps. Whoa, that's not a map. Okay, I don't have a map here to show you. (laughs) Just imagine the Sea of Galilee kind of right there, and up on the northern part of the Sea of Galilee is these three cities, um, Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. They're kind of, remember, Capernaum is kind of where Jesus headquartered his, um, headquartered his ministry. I actually was thinking, uh, maybe I'm glad that didn't show up, because I was thinking, Israel's like a tough, Israel's a tough map to put on a TV, because we do TVs this way, whereas Israel's like long and skinny, so it's like impossible to put on a TV. Actually, very frustrating because I probably spent 30 minutes making that picture fit on that TV and then it didn't come up. So there you go. Think about that for a bit. But just, if you go home, you'll look at the map of Israel, the Sea of Galilee is up north, northern part of Israel. Uh, These three cities are around the northern part of the Sea of Galilee. Just interesting to know. And in those cities, mighty works had been done, uh, yet no repentance is what Jesus says here. No repentance. There's mighty works had been done in those cities, yet there was no repentance. There's a cost to those who hear the word and don't repent. That's the warning from Jesus here. These three cities, mighty works were done in them, yet still they're unrepentant. And interestingly here, when you think about these cities, nowhere do we read in the Bible of like one specific thing of them going against Jesus. There's not one specific act that causes woes, these woes to come upon them. Rather, it's simply the sin of apathy. It's simply hearing the word, hearing the message, the peace of Jesus Christ, and not acting on it. It's a great offense when Jesus shows up and has an offering of peace, and you ignore it. When you've heard Jesus and you ignore Jesus, that is more trouble than not hearing him at all, friends. You know, here at CTK, I hope you don't get the feeling here at CTK that we're just loving kittens here because if you come to church here and all we ever tell you is, hey, you're good, you know, kind of just trying to be nice to you guys. Hey, you're good, no problem. You keep coming to church, it's all good. Then, then we're not preaching the full message of God. Friends, I come with a message of peace. Jesus Christ who died for you, he loves you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He willingly sacrificed his life on the cross for you so that you can come in communion with him. And all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. But you also need to know that if you hear this message week after week after week here at CTK and you rinse and repeat, you walk out, you come back in next week, you do it all again and for the rest of your life and nothing changes, then friends, you're in trouble this morning. <laughs> When you sit in church for 20 years and you never grow, when you're called to be a laborer, but instead you pray and go, ah, oh, let someone else do it. I got work to do or, you know, let someone else do it. Then friends, woe to you. 
who hear the message of peace and choose to ignore. Look at verse 16 quickly after that. Woe. This should be an encouragement to you faithful people of God who feel like maybe you're not getting anywhere. Verse 16 again says, The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. So as you go and labor for the harvest, don't hold praise too tightly. Don't hold disappointment too heavily. Your success isn't based on whether people like you or not, as much as I wish it would be, because I could give you nice messages of peace all the time. It's not, my success isn't based on whether everyone likes me or not. It's based on whether you're doing the work of Jesus or not. Jesus said he's sending you out into the wolves. And when a sheep goes into the wild with the wolves, there's bound to be some trouble. But don't let the fear of rejection bind you because when they reject you, they're actually rejecting Jesus. Now, it's not good, but it makes me feel a little better that I can walk away and go, hey, I did everything I could. They're not rejecting me, they're rejecting Jesus. And when they reject Jesus, they're rejecting the one who sent him, God the Father. Let's keep going. The next seven verses, uh, we now have the 72 returning back to Jesus. They've gone, they've proclaimed, they've done everything Jesus told them. They come back to Jesus, and in the next a uh, few verses here, we're going to see three cases of joy, three different cases of joy resulting from the work that these laborers have done. So read verse 17 with me. The 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And so I can just imagine this 72 coming back, right? They're coming back. They're just pumped. They go, teacher, teacher, even the demons are subject to us in your name. What great joy comes from sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. But I need to, I actually, I'll confess something to you guys right now. Um, I really don't enjoy, when I, so I'm up for preaching. I get a schedule from Matt, kind of a few weeks out, depending on whatever. That one week leading up to this Sunday, this morning, it's like the worst week of my life. It's just terrible. It's just, I'm just not built to sit at a computer and research and prep. I've been a plumber for 10 years, and I like to be plumbing. (laughs) All my plumbers out there. Uh, It's just like, I'm just not, it's not my thing. I hate researching. I hate sitting down and thinking and using my brain, because us plumbers, we don't have to use our brain. It's (laughs) It's just a struggle for me. It's just a real struggle. The Saturday night leading, I don't sleep. If I get four or five hours of sleep. I'm usually like a 10-hour sleeper. If I get half that, I'm rocking it. Sunday morning, if I can eat half a bagel, I'm good. I usually don't feel well. It's just, I don't know if you get, it's just not fun. I don't enjoy the week before Sunday morning, but friends, I want to encourage you. When I get up here on a Sunday morning when 9.30 hits, the privilege to speak God's word and share the good news with you guys it's like, I'm actually shaking right now. It's like crack cocaine being sent into your veins. It's like addicting to be able to share the good news makes the past week totally worth it. Totally worth it to be able to share Jesus Christ and to think I get to participate with what God is doing right now. It's the most addicting thing you could ever imagine. I remember the first time I really got to pray with someone was at a Young Life camp in Princeton. 
and they do, it, it's a teen camp, so they do the whole, you have fun during the day, and then, okay, as a payment of having fun, you have to sit through a Jesus talk, and so the kids all sit through a Jesus talk for five nights, and then at the end of the week, they go, okay, if anyone wants to learn more, stick around, and we'll talk a little more, and have a chance to, you know, maybe have a confession of faith or, or go from there. And so one time there, one of the young guys that went with me, he stuck around. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And so we go out and we talk and, um, and I got to pray with him. And now it wasn't even, he didn't even have a confession of faith. It wasn't like, hey, I'm in for Jesus. But it was just like, he was going through a tough time. I got to pray with him. He prayed. This young guy that he's been through the foster system. He's just had a tough time. And he prayed the first prayer he ever did with me. And it was just, I was just buzzing afterwards. I couldn't wait to tell people, hey man, I got to pray with this kid. I couldn't wait to just share the good news that I was participating. I was a laborer for Jesus. I was, I was praying with people that had never prayed before in their life. Man, the joy of doing work for Jesus is awesome. Amen? Amen. Let's look at Jesus' response to the 72. And that brings us to the second joy that we see here in these verses. Uh, verse 18 says this, He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So Jesus says, yes, I'm glad, you know, I've given you authority and power over the enemy, but don't rejoice in that. Don't rejoice in the fact that spirits are subject to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that you have eternal life. Rejoice not in what you've done for me, but rejoice in what I've done for you. It's good. It's good to have happiness and joy in the service and work that you do for the Lord, but always remember what he has done for you and rejoice in that even much more, the saving work of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 21 as we go on. The third thing that Jesus now rejoices. Verse 21, he says this, In that same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, or who the Father is except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. Then turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, for I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So Jesus now in the Holy Spirit, he rejoices and he prays this beautiful prayer to the Father. He gives thanks that the Father is revealed through the Son, Jesus Christ, not to the wise and understanding, but to little children. So CTK, rejoice. You're fools. You're all a bunch of fools. And we rejoice in that. But understand that Jesus isn't rejoicing in the fact that the gospel has been hidden from some, for he seeks that all would come. He does not wish that any would perish, 
but rather he's rejoicing in the fact that it isn't by wit or wisdom that you find eternal life. It isn't by being cunning and crafty. It isn't by age or gender or, or how much work that you get done in that day that you come to know the Father. Rather, it's by the Son, Jesus Christ, that you come to know the Father. Three joys. Let's look at the parable of the Good Samaritan. We all know the Good Samaritan, probably one of the most popular parables to those who don't know the Bible, even those who do know the Bible. The parable of the Good Samaritan, everyone knows the Good Samaritan. Let's see what it says, verse 25, chapter 10. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This lawyer, not the typical lawyer that we think of, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Not that kind of lawyer. Rather, this lawyer is like an expert in uh, uh, Jewish rabbinical law. And he stands up, he asks this question to Jesus, and Jesus throws a question right back. He says, well, what does the law say that you need to do to inherit eternal life? You're the expert on the law. What does it say? Well, I need to love God with all my heart and soul and strength and mind and love my neighbor as myself. Very good. Jesus said, do this and you'll live. Well, okay, the lawyer thinks. He says, okay, well, yeah, I mean, I got the first one under control because I love God, but who really is my neighbor? I'm going to put you to the test, Jesus. I need you to define for me who my neighbor is because I'm Jewish, 100% Jewish, and you can't possibly think that I need to love a Gentile, do you? Is that what you mean? Or a Samaritan? You don't actually think I need to treat those people like myself, do you? It's just the Jewish people that I need to treat well, right? But that's, that's not really who you mean, is it, Jesus? Well, Jesus responds with a parable. In verse 30, Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by, on the other side. So as the lawyers listening to this parable, just take a pause right there, we, we, we would hear uh, the lawyers listening to the parable, he'd hear the, about the priest and he'd think, oh, well, this man's definitely going to certainly stop and help. But instead, Jesus says, uh, the priest passed by on the other side. The words used here are actually more of like an active word. He didn't just pass by. He actively like moved to the other side of the road and avoided this guy that's been beaten and had stripped and laying on the side of the road. Look at verse 32. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. And so a Levite, one of the tribes of Israel, uh, they were tasked with kind of priestly duties, offering sacrifices, caring for the temple, very significant role in the eyes of Jewish people. Um, and along he comes, and again, what does it say? Passes by on the other side. Doesn't just walk by, but he's like, oh, I'm avoiding this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm going on the other side of the road. Kind of like what you guys do when you see that guy come 
who's looking for a fight. He passed by on the other side. Look at verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. So long comes a Samaritan, disdained by the Jewish people. Uh, Samaritans, I'll tell you quickly if you don't know who Samaritans are, they were people, they were left behind um, at, from the Jewish exile, from the Assyrian people, and then the Jewish people there intermarried with uh, Assyrian people, and it's a bit of a long story that we can talk about another time because there's other issues going on, but basically, long story short, the Jewish pe- they hated the Samaritans, uh, they hate them so much that if we'd had a map up that I could have shown you, which would have been awesome. There's kind of like the northern part of Israel, Samaria's right in the middle, and then the southern part of Israel, Samaria, land of Samaria, kind of like separates the two. They would like walk around Samaria because they didn't even want to walk through Samaria to get down to Jerusalem and stuff. And what does the Samaritan do? The hated Samaritan. Well, rather than running away, crossing the street to the other side, he goes to the beaten, he binds the wounds, pours oil and wine, puts him on his own animal, takes him to an inn, gives the innkeeper money, says, take care of this guy, whatever more you use, I'll come back later and I'll pay for it. What a true act of compassion. Who does this? Nobody. Nobody does this. Nobody does this. You might do it once in a while, but nobody does this. So Jesus asked the lawyer, which one of these is the good neighbor? And of course, the lawyer begrudgingly probably has to admit, well, it's the Samaritan, which Jesus responds, you go and do. Now we could go through this whole parable um, and we could turn it into an allegorical nightmare if we really wanted to, which maybe we can do tonight at prayer. You know, well, the good neighbor, the good neighbor's Jesus, because uh, he puts me on an animal and he takes care of me. He binds my, my wounds and pours oil on me. And I think the Levite is the modern day church because we're supposed to be stewards of, of God's temple and help people, but we don't. Or you know, on and on we could go. We could really, we could really make a mess of this and make everybody just so confused beyond belief. But I just want us to get one thing out of this parable today. Go back to the beginning of it, verse 25, and read this. Behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? What shall you do? Well, Jesus says it's simple sarcastically, I think. You follow the law. You want to do something to receive eternal life? Follow the law. Not a big deal, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Be willing to put aside any disdain for people. Be willing to care for a person beaten on the side of the road. Offer up your money. Be free of all your possessions. 
You want to do something to inherit eternal life? That's all you have to do, friends. (laughs) Not too hard, right? (laughs) But you have to do it all the time, every day, for the rest of your life, every hour, to fulfill the law. Who can do that? Anyone want to put their hands up here? Who can do that? No one can. No one can do that. And that's the point. See, the question after, after hearing this parable isn't, who is my neighbor? The question is, Lord, what am I to do? <laughs> what am I to do? You want me to follow the law? I can't possibly do that to the perfect extent that the law requires. I can't love the Lord in that manner every day, every hour. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength all the time. I can't do that. I can't love my neighbor in that manner. What am I to do? That should be the question to Jesus. Look at verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And so that brings us to our final point this morning. The third W, wait on the Lord. Mary and Martha welcome Jesus into their house. And while Martha's running around uh, with busy work, preparing food, Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to the teaching of Jesus. Martha, looking for some help, asks Jesus to tell Mary to help her, and he responds, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Just one thing is necessary. Not 20 things, not 10 things. Not even two things are necessary. One thing is necessary in this world, and that's Jesus. Good teacher, how do I inherit eternal life is the question. And the answer is it isn't about you. It's about Jesus. The lawyer further questioning Jesus, trying to justify himself, continues to ask questions, and he just, you just don't get it. It isn't about you. It's not about you justifying yourself. It's about Jesus justifying you. And so, friends, as we close up today, uh, actually, I'll invite the worship team to come back up. I just want you guys to hear this one important thing this, this morning. It's very important, very important. It's the bulk of this message uh, has been talking about being a laborer for Jesus. That's kind of been the, the main bulk of this message, being a laborer for Jesus, being a harvest worker for Jesus, which is very important. I hope you all pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to the field. Uh, I pray that CTK becomes a church full of, of laborers, a church full of harvest workers for the kingdom of God, but friends, receive this this morning. It's more important what you do with Jesus rather than what you do for Jesus. There's one thing necessary, friends. It's Jesus Christ. Spending time at the feet of Jesus and hearing his teaching is the most important thing you can do today. Tomorrow, the next day, the next day after, until the day that you meet your maker, 
there's one thing that's necessary, and it's Jesus Christ. Earlier, speaking to the disciples, Jesus said this privately. He said, blessed are you of the eyes that see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see what you see, and you did not see it, and to hear what you hear, and they did not hear it. And so that holds true today. We live in an age of grace, uh, an age where we can look back to the saving work of Jesus Christ on the cross for you, for me, uh, an age where, where the curtain was ripped in two as Jesus hung on the cross for us, and now we have free access We have the Holy Spirit, the helper who came upon us, who's helping us through our life. We have the word of God translated into who knows how many different languages and and going places that we never thought was possible. We live in a country where we can freely gather and talk about Jesus and worship and give praise for the things that he's done for us and share the goodness of Jesus with each other and what joy that brings us. Friends, there's one thing that's important. One thing that's important. It's good to labor for the Lord, but it's even more important to sit at the feet of Jesus and just have a relationship with him. Will you stand with me this morning? We're gonna pray and we're gonna sing one more song. Lord, we just thank you um, for who you are, Lord, that it's not about uh, what I can do for you, Jesus, but it's about what you've done for me. that I can't justify myself in your eyes, in the eyes of the Father, I can't justify myself, but through the eyes of Jesus Christ, I'm washed white as snow, and I thank you for that this morning, Lord. We give you all the glory and praise this morning, Father. Lord, we pray for harvest workers at CTK, Lord. I pray that uh, we would say, here I am, Lord, send me, just like Isaiah said, Lord. Pick me, Lord, use me. I want to be used by you, Lord. Help me this week uh, to be a laborer for the kingdom of God, to proclaim peace to people I come across, to have a message of peace that the kingdom of God is here today. And just thank you for this time. Amen.